Hello? How are you, my friend? Why? What's the matter? Why feeling bored and lonely? Look at me! I am always happy. The only reason I can tell you it's because I listen to Sienna T Radio. All the best shows you can think of. The Melting Pot. The Cosmopolitan Culture Club. The Sleeping Beauty. The Jazz Cafe. The Sunday Jukebox. And the Song Bank. There are also many more new shows to come. Please make sure to visit her website at http colon slash slash sienity.wordpress.com slash sienity-radio Oh, now I hear you more cheerful. Sienity Radio Making your day brighter one song at a time. Looking for sports content on the Bills, Blue Jays, Raptors, Argos, and more? Check out Sports for Beginners with me, Scott McGregor, where we will break down all of the action. To learn more, please follow the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. Welcome to All Over the Map, where we cover our favorite sports teams, sports media, and the world of broadcasting, with your host, Ali Musa. Good afternoon for a Sunday. This is the this is the first Sunday show that we've done here on J- Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. I am your host, Ali Musa. 
Joining me is Ian Hunter. Ian is a uh, baseball, uh, the lead baseball writer for the Toronto Hive. And I remember he had his own blog at one point as well, which we will uh, probably get, which we will most likely get into as well here. Ian, thank you so much for taking the opportunity to join me here on All Over the Map. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Ali, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank you so much. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you. Uh, it's my pleasure. And I hope that um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to check out some of the stuff that we've done here on All Over the Map. But I hope if you did that you uh, um, that you liked what you heard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did. I listened to a little bit of the previous episodes. Sounds like it's kind of a who's who of uh, of Toronto media. So, uh, yeah, you've got uh, got some really good guests on the show. I'm uh, kind of humbled to be to be asked to be among that company. So thank yeah. you very much. Oh, no worries. Which one did you listen to the Roger one? Or? Um, yeah, I listened to a bit of Roger and then, uh, Matthew cause as well. So they're all, they're all guys. I usually, I listen to on the radio. So it's interesting to kind of hear them outside of their usual shows. Awesome. You know, let's start by tell us a little, tell us about your uh, upbringing, please. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I guess we'll go back to kind of my childhood, I guess how I got into baseball was, um, Oh yeah. Childhood. This is all good stuff. Yeah. My, my parents, it was actually my parents' friends who were diehard baseball fans. And, um, whenever we went to their house, I think this was like maybe uh, seven or eight years old. Um, we would always, they had the baseball would be on in the background. So we would, uh, we'd end up watching the blue Jays games and like any kid growing up in the early nineties, I think by default, you were a Jays fan just because um, it was such a good team. So that's kind of where my, um, my fandom started. Um, Unfortunately, the baseball strike, like a lot of people in 94, it it turned a lot of people off. Um, I remember that season when baseball was, you know, effectively canceled, I kind of jumped ship and, there was a while there where I was kind of, uh, I was watching basketball. I was a 49ers fan for a while there too. Um, I didn't really get back into watching baseball um, until I was in college. I think it was around 2003, 2004. Um, so then I kind of started sinking my teeth back into the Blue Jays. They were making a lot of interesting moves. This was back when they signed, um, you know, AJ Burnett and BJ Ryan traded for Troy Gloss and uh, Lyle Overbay. And um, yeah, so that's kind of when I really started to get back into the Blue Jays. And um, I was in the uh, Ricciardi days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, feels like a lifetime ago. But (laughs) um, yeah, so that's kind of when I uh, really got a chance to watch quite a few games. And um, this was like in the early days of I guess even blog like blogs and stuff like that, like um, drunk Jays fans was one of these blogs that I really kind of gravitated towards. And they really just kind of posted like unfiltered opinions about the team. And um, so I thought I was like, well, maybe I'll have a hack at this too. So I started to kind of like basically semi like almost blog after every blue Jays game and whatever transactions. So um a lot of that stuff was uh, my early work was very, very uh, raw and rough, and it was just not very good at all. But I mean, that's kind of 
how you get your reps and get started. So um, started doing that. And then maybe after about, oh, I don't know, six or seven years, I started doing like freelance um, Blue Jays work with various sites, um, Daily Hive, BlogTO, uh, Sporting News. Um, and now it's kind of all those that are Blue Jays Nation as well. All those things have kind of uh, fallen by the wayside. I'm just uh, doing exclusive Blue Jays stuff for, for Daily Hive now. Um, they've really kind of beefed up their Blue Jays coverage in the last couple of years as the team has gained popularity. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a roundabout way to answer your question, but that's how we, uh, that's how we're here in 2023. Oh yes, and by the way, any, anything, every everything goes on this show. By the way, um, yeah, that's great. And, yeah, everything goes, and 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 uh, as we go, feel free to ask me some questions as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, I it's kind of fun to like relive where things went and how we got here. So yeah, feel free to ask whatever you like. Now let's sort of kind of get into the that you know that was an interesting time, the JP. Um, days now as we circle in here um it was jp now first of all um kind of going down a little bit of memory lanes it was jp um and then he came in and then um john and then john gibbons was promoted to manager in that time yep um and then of course um then they brought Cito Gaston back. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? What are your thoughts of those early day of those days? What was as we reflect? What was the reason that that happened? Uh, well, the managerial change from from John Gibbons to Cito Gaston. You mean? Yes. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like anything when the team kind of underperforms and they're not living up to expectations it's it's the old phrase you know you can't fire the team but you can fire the manager and um i think at that point the blue jays were kind of scuffling in the season they were midway through the campaign and um yeah they decided to let uh, john gibbons go unfortunately i mean i i think through his first tour he was a pretty decent manager the one the one calling card with him is he always seemed to know when to pull the strings with the bullpen right he was a really effective uh, manager of relievers I found um, in both of his tours with the Blue Jays um, so bringing back kind of that legacy manager like Cito Gaston I think at the time I remember thinking wow they've really gone off the board here like this like Cito was um, I'm not even sure what he was doing at the time he was uh, hadn't been with the Blue Jays for several years and um he was kind of the stopgap guy, um, I believe, until the Blue Jays fired or hired uh, John Farrell. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was a, a, quite a while ago. But at the time, I remember thinking, you know, this is kind of it was sort of like a move to appeal appease the fan base too, right? Because there's obviously a ton of goodwill um, with Cito Gaston in those two World Series. But he was a really, I think, this the managerial styles um, were kind of vastly different between John Gibbons and Cito Gaston. So uh, there was probably an adjustment period for the players, but I think everyone eventually got used to it. But yeah, at the time, I remember thinking, um, wow, they, they really went off the board with this move. See, now, 
I mean, of course, and, and I'll be honest too. Like I, you see, like I, I'm 34 now, and I remember those days. Um, like I would have been, um, probably about what 18, probably about I would have been like 18, so 19 in those days, probably. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was fun, interesting to say the least. Now, when, of course, when it happened, like. Then of course JP was was let go towards the end of the 2009 uh, season there, uh, uh, 2009 season, and then they promoted Anthopolis there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have memories of that? Yeah, I do. The one thing I really remember about JP Ricciardi was he was not afraid to say what he thought. Um, I recall that he had, I think it was um, a post-game call-in show with Mike Wilner on the fan every Wednesday. He would, he was the guest, and and JP would field calls from fans. That's which, right, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, it was very unfiltered. And there was, um, I remember there was one episode where he kind of got into trouble. Uh, a fan asked him why the Blue Jays weren't trading or signing for Adam Dunn. And, uh, and JP came on and said something to the effect of, uh, why would you even want to trade for that player? Do you, do you know Adam Dunn doesn't even like baseball? <laughs> Which is like, uh, you know, the craziest thing to say. And that ended up blowing up in the face of, of JP. But um, uh, kudos to him for being able to field phone calls. Like, I can't imagine Ross Atkins doing that in this day of age. Um, and I think he kind of did the best that he could with the, with the resources he was had available. We always seem to forget that the the Red Sox and the Yankees were like the two juggernauts of the American league East and the blue Jays were always like the younger brother trying to, trying to match them. And, and you can't back then you couldn't outspend the Yankees. You couldn't outspend the, the Red Sox. You kind of had to be a little more creative and, um, Blue Jays got close there a few times. I think they had like an 87, 86, 87 win year. But um, back then that wasn't good enough. And ultimately it led to, uh, to JP's demise. See, now one thing though, I, I you know something, I'll be, I kind of have respect for JP. Yeah. A little bit because I, you know what? I, you know what? I like listening to him talk. Him, you know what I really him and Alex Anthopoulos. I what I like about listening to them talk is they're very candid. Yeah, yeah, I would say to me, I feel like JP more so than Alex. I mean, Alex back then would kind of he would leave some candid, even like what does it mean if we had to explain that? Yeah, well, just like being forthright about things, like oftentimes, you know. Now reporters will ask uh, general managers uh, what, like, what players are you targeting in, in free agency? And really the Blue Jays will just kind of, Ross Atkins will just like put out a lot of general statements, which is kind of what you're supposed to do. You're not really supposed to give specifics. Um, but back then I feel like JP would just kind of say whatever he wanted. Um, there was another time too when the Blue Jays, um, BJ Ryan, I think that was the early days of his first uh, major injury with the Blue Jays. And uh, the other JP quote, I always remember that he said, because um, they questioned, 
initially they downplayed the injury, but it ended up turning into Tommy John. And JP said something to the effect of, well, it's not a lie if we know the truth. So um, that, again, if you said that in today's day of age uh, of social media, I think that would have blown up a lot bigger than it did. But um, maybe that's maybe that's just kind of the era of GMs back then. They just kind of said whatever and, and didn't really worry about dealing with repercussions. Whereas now, if a, if a GM says something or, you know, candid or off the, or try to say something off the record, it, it can often get blow up in their face. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's he, I think at very least JP was a very, he was a very entertaining GM. I will say that for sure. Now, when it comes, when, when you circle it back to Anthopolis, then when John Farrell left, he brought Gibby back. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that was another, uh, uh, like a, sh- I would say a shocking hire, um, simply because, you know, that was just, I can't remember if Gibbons was hired before they made all those trades for, uh, for Dickie Reyes and, uh, Burley and whatnot, but, um, I believe it was just around that same time. Yeah. It, it all kind of, it all happened in concert and, um, Yeah, it's very rare you would see a manager come back for a second tour with the same team, especially the fact that, you know, Gibbons was dismissed a few years earlier. But I can see why Anthopolis wanted to go with Gibbons because, you know, he was one of his guys. He knew exactly the type of manager Gibby was. And with John Farrell, I feel like the Blue Jays kind of maybe overthought it. They were trying to get the smartest guy in the room. but who wasn't necessarily the best fit for that core of players, but Gibbons, I feel like that was as surprising as that hire was, it was kind of, it made sense because there was a lot of veterans in that clubhouse. And for the most part, it sounded like Gibby was a pretty hands-off manager, a player's manager, as you would, as you would say. So um, as as shocking as that hire was, I think in retrospect, it made, um, it made perfect sense for that era of of the Blue Jays. Uh, but but do you okay? So then now do you then okay? So now we go back to his hire there, that second tour there. Now, was it in like now in your mind was the uh, Ted Lilly and Shea Hillenbrand thing? Was that for? I mean, was that something that was forgotten? And what was the reason for it? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think in the media and with fans, it wasn't forgotten. I think. Um, maybe fans and, and kind of blew it up to be more of an issue than it was. Um, I just finished uh, John Gibbon's book uh, that he just put out recently. And uh, he said him and Lily were actually really good. Like, I think they still are to this day, really good friends. So it was just kind of two guys that were caught up in the heat of the moment. Um, I don't think that painted Gibbons maybe outside of Toronto, it maybe it painted him with a, with a brush that he was like a confrontational manager. But um, I mean, Alex was there during both tours. So he knew the type of guy that, that Gibby was. So I don't think he was afraid to bring him back. I don't think those um, issues which with Hill and Brandon Lily affected um, hiring him whatsoever. Um, yeah, in retrospect, and I think I and I think it was the perfect fit. So it's uh, yeah, I think it was a good decision by Alex to bring Gibbons back. 
you know, and I mean, you know, and, and now you mentioned, um, and, and you mentioned that you mentioned there the old Blue Jays talk with Mike Wilner there, um, a few minutes ago. Um, Mike Will, he was always a fan of Gibby. Wilner always would say that Gibby was a good tactician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's it's especially i've noticed this year like a lot of fans tend to second guess these moves that john schneider makes um and i think a lot of decisions go into it it's not just guys always going with their gut all the time um but yeah john from what i recall gibbons was a pretty good in-game manager like i said handling the bullpen was one of his strengths um he seemed to always know when to pull the strings when to take guys in and play matchups really well so um yeah it's and i think also in john's book he also mentions you know there was he was kind of painted with the brush that he was anti-analytics but that that really wasn't the case at all i mean it's it's like anything you use the numbers to kind of make your decisions and i think it's not purely a gut decision sometimes sometimes you do take the numbers into account but um yeah i don't i don't think gibby was as anti-analytics as most people um thought um i would definitely highly recommend that book for sure if anyone who's kind of wants a little peek behind the curtain of the blue jays era in the last you know 10 15 years yeah not to put you on this not to put you on the uh not to put you on the not not to put you on the spot here but um what do you know what the book is called and do you know if it's available in audio um yeah it's called uh uh gibby i think is uh to uh tales of a baseball lifer or something like that um and i do know john was doing an audio like his own he was recording it in his own voice so i i'm not sure if that's available um i can look into that for you Allie, yeah, but, you can just uh, check and if we yeah if you can check that out if it's on audible or something are, yeah. you, are you familiar with audible uh yeah i've never used it myself but yeah i've heard of it for sure yeah, perhaps as we, as we go through the chat here, you can uh, take a look. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that would, I, I'd high, it's a really, it's a, yeah, it's definitely a, a good read. And, and yeah, in your case, it would be a really good listen for sure. So, oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's, um, I, you know, he's kind of has this, the, the term definitely comes across in, in the book. Like uh, there's a lot of Gibby isms in the book. Um, I can't recall any off the top of my head, but it was just kind of fun to 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 read it or his book and kind of how he came into the Blue Jays organization and also his his path up to the major leagues. And uh, it was a really yeah, it was a really good story for sure. And he also has a podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Gibby Show. I uh, I listen to that from time to time. The, he seems to have a pretty good stable of uh former toronto blue jays players and current blue jays players uh coming on every week so i don't know if you listen to that as well but i i definitely tune into that i have not actually checked it up that would be a good guess for sure he's uh he's got a lot of baseball tales so if you ever do manage to uh to get him on um i think that would be a good episode for sure oh yeah and uh, yeah stay tuned to all the all over the map updates too mm-hmm. yeah yeah, he's someone I'm I'm working on a Blue Jays project right now. I'm trying to get a get a hold of John for that too, because um, I want to talk to him. So 
hopefully you have some luck. Oh, awesome. And um, yeah, and if and also let him know that you if, if you do get a hold of him, also let him know that you were also on this show as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, also too here. Now, then of course, we we kind of come to um the um the we we kind of then come to um Shapiro and Atkins coming in and they stuck with uh Gibby for a couple of years. What was do you feel in your mind the reason that what was the that they first of all I feel looking back at it that they should have given Alex Anthopoulos a bigger role and instead of like but the reasonings that they brought in Shapiro and Atkins, I think was, it was sort of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was kind of a, wasn't, it wasn't a really very smooth transition um, from that, from the Paul Buse and Alex Anthopoulos era to Shapiro and Atkins. Um, it's always hard when you've, especially when, you're coming off a 22 year playoff drought and you know, that, that magical 2015 blue Jays team, it's really hard to, for someone to come in and, and duplicate that. So I think the fans at first blush were not really all that big of fans of Shapiro and Atkins, but I think they were kind of brought into um, what's the word, uh, basically bring the team up to speed with, the rest of major league baseball um, in terms of efficiencies and whatnot. So, um, I mean, Alex was beloved because, you know, he was a, he was a wheeler and dealer, right? Like he, he sold off at the 2015 trade deadline and they made big signings and big trades. Um, Ultimately it finally panned out in 2015, but yeah, I think we're fine. I feel like we're finally at a point where um, I don't, hear the phrase shatkins very much anymore which is uh which is good because usually that was just uh it was all over twitter for so long and as soon as somebody says shatkins i i know exactly uh the type of reaction i'm gonna get from people so um yeah it's uh it wasn't smooth at first it it definitely was you know more of kind of a button-up front office i feel like with 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 mark and ross um, but yeah, I think they've kind of proven they've built the farm system back up, gotten this team to a point where like they're a big player in free agency and trades, but those first few years, um, especially, you know, the Jays were like a really bad team, right? Like in, in, from basically 2017 to 2019. Um, although if you look back, like most teams, I, I mean, think about it, the Blue Jays and Orioles were in the. 2016 playoffs together and the Orioles are just finally getting back to the postseason now and the Blue Jays have already been in the postseason a few times so um, the Blue Jays uh, rebuild actually took a little bit shorter than most of them and um, yeah I would I, I, I think for entertainment's sake Alex has kind of gave you kind of more quotes quotable quotes than 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 Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins do but that's just that's kind of the life cycle of the front offices, I think. Because what what happened too was that um, you know, like, the, but then but then they kept Gibby on for a couple of years. 
I think it was three years they kept him on. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, I, th- I remember a lot of people thinking um, the second that Ross and Mark got into town, like Gibbons was out. Um, but they were coming, I believe they came in in 2016. So uh, what kind of would have been a bad look? That was their first se- That was their first season, 2016. Yeah, that would have been a bad look um, coming into like turf Gibbons, especially coming off of that 2015 season. So I think John kind of bought himself a little bit of time. And typically when front offices come in, you know, they clean house, right? Like they, they get rid of the coaching staff, they get rid of the manager, they bring new guys in. And um, I remember at the time, I think the the popular uh, candidate was Eric Wedge um, because he was also in the, in the Cleveland organization too. So uh, yeah, the fact that Gibbons stuck around through those uh, early years of the rebuild was kind of uh, shocking to a lot of people, but I think he did the best that he could. Um, and uh, I believe he kind of got let go one year early from his contract, but in his book, I think he recalled saying, well, that's um, that's fine. He got paid to, to sit on his couch for a year, so he didn't really seem to care. So um, yeah, it's... Um, this this current era is a little it's not as much of an overlap now but back then it was i remember the feeling that okay everyone's gone but the fact that john stuck around was kind of a bit of a, a small miracle oh, and i think that's the same sort of thing with um i mean then they had jason grilly and stuff back then now, he also has a podcast i just found out yeah, yeah, it seems like uh who who doesn't have a podcast these days? It seems like um you well, know, we do right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh I even had one at one point for a for a short period of time, but yeah, it's the the player ones I always tend to to find they always have a, a good stories. Uh, Ricky Romero, I don't know if he still does his too, but um yeah, there's lots of player ones. He was there. on MLB Network Radio for a time. Maybe he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on, um, I don't know if you ever listened to spin rate. Um, that was the, the athletics. Uh, yeah, I, th- I did. I did for a time. Yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of a co-host at the end there too. Um, lot, yeah, lots of former players, former coaches that have their own, uh, have their own talk show or shows podcast now, which is, uh, always fun to listen to. Yeah, and uh, Steve Phillips does too. Yeah. Yeah. Former, I believe that was, um, one of Gibbons' four, uh, he was the Mets GM at the t- former Mets GM, I believe. So uh, John Gibbons has a link to to Steve Phillips there too. So it's always um, it's always interconnected. That's one thing I learned from John's book is like he yeah. could pull he could pull from so many people because there's so many coaches, players, front office staff, scouts that you worked with over the years. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna call up my old buddies and see if they come on my show. So. <laughs> That's a it's a it's a good Rolodex to have, right? See, and that's the thing, right? When it comes down to like, I mean, and and seriously, they do a lot of great stuff on MLB Network Radio there on SiriusXM. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I I used to have um, MLB Network, uh, the TV channel. I don't watch it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's usually some scoops that come out of there too on the on the MLB Network Radio. Uh, the odd time you'll hear 
players kind of drop um, or, or front office staff say say certain things on there. I can't remember one off the, off the top of my head, but it's uh, yeah, lots of good info there too. Yeah, and and you know what, and I think it's interesting too. Like I I kind of you know like they've also got like you know they like I find it's also kind of nice to get that um, national media perspective too. Like not just when it comes to Jays, and I think too as we kind of get, I, I think too that that is I think why we're seeing all these cuts in Toronto media. One of them that they're feeling that well, we don't need to invest in this content. We you know it's like people we you know, it's like well, so we're just going to keep cutting when and then of course, but people but see. The reality of it is that if they're not providing what you want or what we as listeners are going to go somewhere else to find what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, especially in, um, I find with the Blue Jays now, it's, um, there is no shortage of uh, Blue Jays content out there, whether it's written word or whether it's podcast or video. I remember when I first started, it was like a handful of Jay's blogs and that was about it. Um, now it's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of sources. So, um, yeah. It's locked said, on Blue Jays. I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast. Craig Ballard does that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, less than Jay's. Is Are you familiar one. with locked on Blue Jays? Yeah. 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 I've heard that one a few times. Um, less than Jay's is another uh, Jay's podcast I listen to. And Andrew Stoughton does one too. Yeah. Blue Jay's happy hour. There's, uh, uh, there's also on the walk off. Yeah. The walk off too. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I often uh, watch their videos on YouTube. Um, yeah. It's, 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 there's no shortage of options right now, which is kind of why, you know, if you're putting stuff out there, um, you have to kind of like have a, an opinion or a take, not necessarily a take, but something that is worth reading. Because as you mentioned, if, if it's not that entertaining, people are going to move off on to something else. Like, you know, like I'll be like, I don't, I'll be honest too. Like, I don't, you know, when it comes to now I'm in, now I'm in Cambridge, Ontario. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I don't, I'll be, I don't listen to nowhere near as much local, ra- uh, local radio, local talk, radio, local sports radio as I once did, or even music radio for that. Like I don't, as I once like, see back in 2013, around that time, 2011, 2012, 2013, I used to listen to far more talk radio than I do now. Mm. Now I just don't anymore because it is. I, I feel if I really had to determine what it is, I feel it's the quality of programming and not getting exactly what it is that I'm after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a lot of people, that's kind of the way it is now. It's so um, hyper-focused. Like you don't just have to listen to the fan in Toronto um, and hope that they have a Blue Jays segment coming up. You can dial in and just download blue jays podcasts and just listen to those so it's um yeah it's it's hyper focused now 
Um, I'm still kind of old school. I still listen to my uh, AM radio. <laughs> I usually listen to um, I usually listen like- to the I usually listen to the fan in Toronto, um, just because of its its proximity to me. But um, yeah, it's uh, but it, it but it does not sound nowhere near what it once did. It sounds pretty. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I mean everyone's uh, they're. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's the thing is now is that people kind of have to have, it's a lot of information to take in. So the hosts have to basically know a little bit of everything about yeah. something. And that's, so what do you like on there? What are some of your favorite shows? Um, I mean, I usually listen to the fan drive time. Um, I really like, uh, uh, blue Jays Denon. talk. I like Blue Jays Talk Plus with uh, with Blake. Oh yeah, no, those are good. Yeah, those are good. They've got some good stuff. Like, what about um, the morning show, uh, Justin and Ailish? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Those two are great. Um, I usually listen to those two in in the morning. Um, but yeah, as I said, like it's kind of hard to, I mean, be like a specific. Like, are you a Leafs specialist? Or are you a Jays specialist? You kind of have to know something about everything which is hard. Um, I mean, I even find trying to keep up with Blue Jays stuff alone is, and just dialing into the Blue Jays is difficult. So imagine doing that for like four or five professional teams in one market. So it's, yep. yeah. Yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff to take in. I don't, I don't envy people who have to do that every day, but I think they're trying the best they can. Sure. No, I, you know what? No, I'll, I'll retract a bit. I do like the shows we just mentioned there. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it's, everyone's got their own, you know, not everything is their cup of tea, but yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say that it sounds terrible, but I think what they're trying to do is they're, 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 you know, they're trying to, you know, make it sound a little different. I think that's one of the things too. Mm -hmm. And it could be like, we're typically like radio used to really skew a lot older and they're trying to attack, trying to attack a a younger fan base now. Right. So I think that's why um, things have changed a little bit. Um, You know, I used to really, my favorite was always um, Stephen Brunt and, and and Bobcat on primetime sports. He's doing okay. Bob was, uh, you know, he experienced a stroke or something. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I, uh, it sounds like he's uh, sounds like he's on the men, but he's um, yeah, he was just like one of those classic voices that you would always remember listening to. So him and Brunt, I feel like those were that was to me was like must listen to, um, must listen to sports talk for sure. Yeah, but I think too, like you know, no, and I like that too. I like the fact that they're getting. I like the fact that they've gotten a little. They've gotten younger. I like um, Justin and Ailish. I like them. I like Blake Murphy with J Stock Plus. I like Ben Wagner and I like Ben Schulman, friend of this show, by the way. Yeah. The, oh, that was the other one too. That was the other um, part of the episode I listened to. Is Ben's Ben's episode? Oh, Ben, ben Schulman. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, and you know, and um, you know, he he's good. Um, um, and JD Bunkus is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's got some hot takes here and there. Uh, a lot of them are pretty, pretty sound. But yeah, it's um, yeah, no no shortage of options if you want your 
if you want your sports stuff in the area. Yeah, and um, Blair and Bar- what about Blair and Barker? I have to be honest. I I uh, I'd love to share my thoughts on them, but I'd li- I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, um, I I always appreciate um, Barker's perspective, having been someone who's played in the major leagues and played in the minors. Um, it's just like any like uh, broadcast. I feel like having two people on there who haven't played the game, it's just not, you always need that former player perspective in there. Um, Barker's, um, yeah, I think for the most part, his stuff is is pretty good. Um, Blair has some pretty salient points sometimes. Um, sometimes they're a little bit out there, for, but for the most part, I, I, I like those two as well. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. I'm not. I don't. I'm not really that big on them anymore. Yeah, that's well, that's that's okay. I mean, um, yeah. Usually, I I listen to them whenever it's like <laughs> it's classic. Like whenever there's a Blue Jays disaster loss, I usually tune into Blue Jays talk after because I want to hear what. Because typically uh, Blair and Burke are ripping the team apart as they should, um, so I usually listen. No, I, I really like Show. I like Show Ali better. Yeah, Show. I'm Show does a great job. Um, him and uh, Ben Shulman, whenever they're doing Blue Jays talk, I think like the either the post game or pre or both. Um, those two are really great too. Um, yeah, it's uh, seems like in Toronto, there's no there's no shortage of uh, they've got a really stacked amount of people who know their stuff yeah and i i, I like that now back to the jays here do you what were you, what are your thoughts on the current season now also um do you uh, did the teoscar trade and uh, uh for eric swanson and the dalton varsho did that cost the team in your view um I, I think the thing we have to keep in mind is, um, and someone pointed this out to me on Twitter the other day, is that in the off season, the Blue Jays really prioritized run prevention. Um, they went out and got some defensive plus players like Varsho, like Kevin Kiermeyer. They reinforced the rotation with Bassett. They beefed up the back end of the bullpen with Swanson. And really the only offensive additions they made was Brandon Bell. Um, so I, I think we have to keep in mind that it wasn't, this isn't like a, a run and gun slugging team anymore. They are a pitching, they're supposed to be a pitching and defense team. And I think for the most part, that's what they've been this year. The frustrating part has been the absolute lack of offense. Um, this team can go from scoring 12 runs one night against the Tigers to being no hit the next, which is incredibly, if you're a fan, incredibly frustrating because for the most part, the pitching, um, starting pitching and relief keeps this team in, in ball games more times than not. But the offense, uh, at times, it just sputters. And I was thinking this the other day, um, and a few people have said this, before as well but this i find there's a lot of parallels between this team and the 2016 blue jays team that 2016 blue jays team really had a really strong starting pitching core the bullpen was really good 
but that team also struggled to score runs and it was a slog for them just to get into the postseason. And in many ways, it kind of mimics what's going on with the Blue Jays this year. So um, I think they definitely need to add some reinforcements offensively at the trade deadline, um, getting a player or two with some pop because um, when you have guys underperforming like Alejandro Kirk, Dalton Varsho, Vladdy, um, you can't expect them all to turn it around at the same time. You need to bring in some other options. So I think uh, Ross Atkins got his, he has his work cut out for him in the, in the next couple of weeks, but um, I can't, as currently constructed, I don't think this Blue Jays team is good enough. I think they've got to make additions. Otherwise they, they could be on the outside looking in when it, when it comes to October. Well, see now, but see we're that's it. You know, that's that like the, we're looking at sort of here going, okay. You know, like that they have made all these additions. And now I did, I've asked a couple people this. Um, I've, uh, you know, we had, um, you mentioned you checked out Ben and Ben Shulman and Matthew cause, uh, and both had different sort of takes on it. And what, what are your take? What, what is your take here that, um, if, if they do not make the playoffs this year, what will the conversation around the team be in the perspective of Ian Hunter? Well, I think um, it's got to go up to the top and we have to kind of start questioning uh, GM Ross Atkins and and President Mark Shapiro. Um, I think uh, pulling the plug on another manager, the second manager in two years is, is not the issue. I think it's um, if, if this, team is unsuccessful to make the playoffs I think that's a personnel issue and that ultimately falls on the front office so if this team doesn't make the playoffs I think there's probably going to be um, a lot more whispers about potentially those uh, Atkins and Shapiro being on the hot seat um, moving forward I mean yeah it's great if you win 90 games but I mean this team's competitive window is right now and they still have not won a playoff game despite being in the playoffs two out of the last three years. And it's kind of, you know, similar to the Leafs, right? Like it's okay. It's great that they won a a first round series, but if you're not getting to the cup final or winning the cup final or winning a world series, it's kind of all for nothing. So I feel like this, this year and next year are two um, really it's and it's a short window too right like after this year vladdy is only under team control for two more years bo's under team under team control for two more years so if it doesn't happen soon i think um yeah there's their jobs are definitely going to be in jeopardy you see anthopolis coming back i personally think i'd like to see that i don't think it's going to happen but I, I I think that's what this team, I feel that's what it might need. Yeah, I think um, Alex Anthopoulos coming back to GM the Blue Jays is about as likely as Marcus Stroman coming back to the Blue Jays, which is, in my opinion, not very likely. Um, the Blue Jays do, not to think too far ahead, but the Blue Jays do, they did hire James Click from the, uh, the Houston Astros uh, this past offseason. He was there. Astros GM last year so 
there's certainly a successor in place if something were to happen. Um, I don't know who else would be candidates for a, for a GM job for the Blue Jays, but um, I think that's definitely something to ponder um, as this team kind of continues to underperform. But now, do you see, though, that do you see Ross Adkins be replaced and they keep Mark Shapiro because he started all this renovation? He, he helped get this renovation stuff started. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like I feel like those two are kind of in concert together um, with everything. You know, they came in together and I think if they end up um, being let go, I think they would probably go together at the, at the same time. Um, as you said, you know, the Blue Jays have really uh, modernized under, under Ross Atkins, or sorry, uh, Mark Shapiro. They've gotten these renovations done. Um, so that's great. But I think ultimately results on the field matter. And if this team underperforms, and they miss the playoffs the next two or three years, or they, or even if they make the playoffs and only get out of the and don't get out of the wild card series, I think that'll be viewed as a disappointment because this team um, going into this season was, you know, expected to be not just in the playoffs, but like in deep into the playoffs and into the World Series. So um, when you fail to live up to expectations, I think um, changes changes should should be made. Yeah, and I mean, certainly, I, I mean, we, I, I, now, Stroman, you, what is the reason that you feel that there's almost a next to zero chance? I, I was pondering that idea, too. Yeah, I feel like I saw that rumor, I think it was Bruce Levine from Chicago mentioned that Stroman may be a possibility um, coming back to the Blue Jays. I just think optically the way that he went out of Toronto, um, there was rumors of him being extremely upset in the Blue Jays clubhouse the day that he found out he was traded to the Mets. So I think he kind of burned a few bridges on his way out of town. And he, he put out some tweets as well. I can't remember the exactly what they said, but he kind of made some disparaging remarks towards the Blue Jays front office. So even him coming back in a rental capacity, I, I can't, I cannot foresee that happening. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen like stranger. I mean, John Gibbons came back and managed the blue Jays, right? Like nobody saw that coming, but I can't, I really cannot foresee the blue Jays uh, wading back into Marcus Stroman. I think there's just too much, too much history there. Um, and it didn't end great. So even though time has passed, I don't, I don't think, you know, front offices forget that kind of stuff. So I can't, I don't, I can't foresee a Marcus Stroman trade happening. Okay. But here's the, you know, I think that if they're going to, I, I would say this, or I will say this, that if they bring him back, that they have to bring him back and then, and then sign him long-term here. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I, it's Strom with Stroman is tricky. I think he has a player option after this season, so he could, 
um, I believe whichever, if he, if he gets traded, which he probably will, um, he can opt out and hit free agency this winter. And I kind of think the Blue Jays have already shopped at the top of the market when it comes to starting pitching with a lot of these guys like um, Gosman, Bassett, uh, Ryu even. So to be honest, I don't know if they could afford to carry another like $20 million pitcher in their rotation. So um, yeah, it would be great to have Stroman here, but I don't, I don't think it makes sense um, long-term. Um, maybe if he's here as a rental, you know, to help get them, push them into the playoffs and deepen the playoffs. But um, money-wise, I just, I think it would be really difficult to make it work because this team is already a, a salary, a salary yeah. or a luxury tax team anyway. So strongly yeah. would push them over the top. Yeah, but they've got, they'll have some flexibility though. You know, Ryu is going to be off the butt. They know Ryu, you know, they'll have some flexibility too because Ryu is going to be coming off the books next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I believe, um, I want to say Kikuchi's had, they have one more year with Kikuchi next year. So he's another back end of the rotation guy. I think, you know, yeah, you're, kind of hoping and waiting to see what happens with Alec Manoa this off season or this season, um, depending on what happens with him, maybe they do need to end up waiting into the, the, the starting pitching market as well. Uh, maybe either as a free. Gosman has not, even Gosman has not looked great. He didn't look that, he didn't look too good yet. Uh, 24 hours ago. No, no. And I'll kind of chalk that up to him. He was dealing with a, a side injury um, and he was off for a bit, but I would say on the whole, Kevin Gossman's had a really a, a good season this year and he had a good one last year too. So um, I, I feel comfortable about him moving forward. Bassett, I think is okay. He's under contract for two more years. I mean, you'd love to have somebody from the minor league step up and become part of the starting rotation. That's like the one thing that this organization has really, struggled with uh for a long time is drafting and developing pitching uh alec manoa basically was the only success story up until this year and now and now he's kind of back down at the bottom so um yeah I, i've for whatever reason they've had to augment their rotation through start or through free agency and trade i think event you eventually you can't have your entire rotation of those guys you need to have somebody um, from the minors kind of take the ball and run with it like the like the Tampa Bay Rays um, it's hard to mimic that organization but I think having one or two guys in the minors would would really help this team well and but like that's one of the other sides too but I think what's what is happening here is that the now of course there were also some things out there that Rogers was going to look at um, that they have to about selling a part of the team due to the Rogers Shaw merger and things like that. So if they were to sell, there's really no, there's no other buyers here. No. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, there's, um, you know, gone are the days of just having like, you know, private owners just owning the team. Now it's, 
it tends to be these conglomerates and there's not a ton of as you said there's not a ton of buyers who would just be willing up or willing to step up and buy the team um i can't remember what the blue jays sold for when ted rogers took them in but it was you know pennies pennies on the dollar now so um yeah we'll we'll have to wait and see how this materializes i'm i'm not sure if that's on the horizon but um it's definitely something to monitor for sure Well, I mean, even if you look at what are your thoughts like on how the radio broadcast sounds this year? Yeah, it's. I mean, I've always liked. Um, I like Ben Wagner. I like the fact that they have uh, two voices. Whenever they have two voices in the booth, I think two is always better than one. Um, as great as Ben is, I think you kind of need someone else to play off of and all and give it a, a different perspective. You know, whether that is. Um, I, I've heard Ben Nicholson Smith and Blake Murphy um, and even Caleb Joseph. He's someone who's kind of, I think he's more on the TV side these days, but uh, someone who offers that former player perspective, I, I feel like is always unique. So I've uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it this year. I think um, definitely when they've got two people, two or more people in the booth is always, always makes a, a better broadcast. So do you like the rotation that they do then? You like the route. Sometimes they'll have Ben Nicholson Smith. Sometimes they'll have Blake Murphy. Like this week, it's uh, Ben, Sh like for this weekend, it's Ben Shulman and Blake Murphy. Yeah, even, yeah, Ben Shulman doing, you know, play-by-play -play is, is great too, I think. Well, I, I like Ben Shulman too. Yeah, because on the, I mean, on the TV side, I think we're really spoiled with, with Dan, um, Dan and Buck for sure. They're one of the best uh, TV duos in pro baseball i think it'd be nice to kind of have maybe a consistent two guys or two people in the booth but i understand that some people you know can only do certain games or whatnot but yeah i think as i said having two i think is always advantageous uh, uh, better than having just one in there Well, I think in a lot of ways here, though, right? I mean, what's what essentially is happening is that, um, right? It, it would be nice of consistency, but I mean, is it a fact? Do you think that they're trying? Do you feel that they're trying something different? Yeah, I think so. Right? Like it's kind of um, maybe these are just like auditions. They're trying to see which duo um, works the best. Um, that, that could be it too. Um, I mean, on the TV side there, they're always kind of rotating people in and out, right? Like uh, Dan is, or sorry, Buck, Buck is kind of in and out. He's not doing as many games as he used to. Um, and even, um, even on the desk, like pre and post game too. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sure uh, what's going on there. I think maybe just getting, they're trying uh, a bunch of people to see maybe what 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 what's the best combination. Now it, it's kind of unfair to to um, um, to ask this, but just in your mind, do you see them keeping Ben Wagner around and and? Um, do you see them keeping him around and do you feel that he's earned the opportunity to stay around? If you ask me, 
both of those are a big high yes to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, um, Ben's definitely, he grinded down the minors. You know, he was uh, the voice of the Bisons for a long time. And um, I, th- I think he really brings a lot of excitement uh, to the radio broadcast. So I think, um, I think it would be great to have, have him around for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, I guess it's, it's hard to imagine him not on the Blue Jays broadcast. Um, and I know in the past, you know, we've really been spoiled with, 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 uh, with Tom and Jerry for, for the longest time. And they were like kind of the soundtrack to your summer. I remember, um, as a, being much younger and now we've kind of uh transitioned to that new phase but yeah ben is um it is hard to imagine the blue jays uh, radio broadcast without him um i think it's going to be interesting i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there um you know i think both ben wagner and ben shulman i think both have you know, I they've both done and continue to do, and even Shulman. I, you listen to that. I mean, I mean, when you listen to the art to um, the uh, to the Ben Shulman chat there on all over the map, you know, he he's very high on Wagner too. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, they've got a lot of great options. I'm just uh, I know Ben Shulman. He's he did a lot of uh, announcing with other teams as well too, and he's like. I feel like he's a really well-seasoned voice, you know, especially the son of, of Dan Shulman. It's, it's cool that he's, he's following in his footsteps, but I think probably down the line, um, I don't know when, when it would happen, but I, I feel like Ben is kind of maybe tabbed to be the next, probably one of the next voices of the Blue Jays for sure. Um, yeah. On the radio side. Yeah. Or even into TV too, but like, I feel like, uh, radio is um he's just got a, he's got such a good voice for it i mean yeah. so, does, so does dan too i mean dan had all the experience on espn doing college basketball so it's um well if you're... sorry go ahead well the other thing too becomes now that um the other thing becomes um that see they've um um that way i mean shulman is kind of i mean he certainly i think has earned it i mean and ben wagner also has been on the tv side too so that might be something they're taking a look at too yeah yeah and it's um uh i'm not sure what the what Buck's status is like, obviously he's kind of taken a step back um, this year and he's doing fewer games and obviously he's kind of focusing on his health, which is exactly what he should do. But I'm sure they're probably preparing, um, you know, for the next phase, like what is, what is our TV broadcast going to look like in five years? What is our radio broadcast going to sound like in five years? And um, if you take kind of the core of people who are there right now, you can, you could foresee a bunch of these um, combinations working in the future. Um, not exactly sure who or when that's going to happen, but they've got a lot of options. Uh, your thoughts on the pitch clock? I I love it. 
I mean, <laughs> when you can get a game, uh, I forget what the last stat was or how, how many minutes sh- shorter the games are this year. But when you can get baseball games under three hours, I think that is the sweet spot. Um, baseball is typically a sport with just a ton of downtime. You know, you've got pitchers walking around the mound and batters, you know, doing their little dance and their routine when they, when they step into the batter's box and, you know, extended commercial breaks. Um, it's no wonder a lot of people say baseball is slow. So, um, yeah, I love the fact that it's being sped up. Um, my only complaint, and I've said this before, uh, going to a game, it, um, it, it's, it is, feels really, really fast. Like games fly by. Um, typically I could leave my seat, you know, go get a hot dog or a beer or whatever, and be back in an inning. Um, now, you know, you get up, you leave, and then you're back in it's two or three innings have passed. So the, the pace of the game is much quicker. And, um, you know, if you're paying for tickets and driving down to Toronto and paying for parking, you know, you kind of, you, maybe a two hour game isn't, you kind of want more entertainment for your dollar, but it, I mean, if it's a well-pitched game and it's, you can still have an exciting game in two hours. Um, but overall I'm, I'm totally for it. I think the, the pitch clock is here to stay. Well, Ian, is there anything that is, are there any, what are some of your, other than the podcasts that we mentioned, are there some that, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Locked on Blue Jays, Craig Ballard, do you think does a great job? Yeah, yeah, I've heard to, I've heard of, I've listened to Locked on Blue Jays uh, a few times. I'll go through my list here. Um, At the Letters with uh, Arden Zwelling and Ben Nicholson-Smith. I listened to that. Um, The Gibby Show. Show. The Gibby Show, which you talked about too. Uh, Toronto Mike. Oh man, he's a friend of this show too. Yeah, he's a, he often has um, quite a few uh, baseball guests or baseball centric guests. Um, so I often listen to to Mike's show there too. Um, yeah, as we said, Blair and Barker, um, and another one lately is. Uh, Exit philosophy. Uh, oh so, yeah, Scott Mac- Richard Griffin, Scott MacArthur. Yeah, Scott MacArthur and um, and Richard Griffin. I really uh, Scott is someone who whose baseball opinion I really respect, um, and he said some really interesting things on his show that kind of made me go, hmm, like really made me reconsider my my stances on on certain things. So um, yeah, exit philosophy is. And it's fairly new as well, but it's one that's, uh, yeah, really entertaining. So that's kind of, that's what's on my, uh, my podcast download list, I would say. And where do you like to listen to podcasts? Um, I'm someone who really needs it all in one place. So it's an app I have called uh, Pocket Cast. Ah. Uh, it's like a pod, a pod catcher. Yeah, I'm um, familiar with Pocket Cast, yeah. Yeah, so I just use that and... Um, I used to, um, I used to be, well, I still kind of am. I used to run quite a bit. So I would, you know, just download episodes and listen to them as I run. Um, not mu- as much of a runner anymore. So I, maybe that's what I need to do is start downloading more episodes to kind of motivate me to get out there and, now, and did exercise. You, did you read uh, Winning Fixes Every, Everything by Evan Drellick? Yeah, actually, I'm still, um, I'm working on that one. Yeah, what are your thoughts there? I, I read the book. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting dive into the into the Astros. Um, yeah, it's it's um, really gave me an interesting glimpse into especially the way the Astros organization worked, like Jim Crane and Jeff Luno. Um, it's it was pretty cutthroat <laughs> the way that they were trying to gain advantages. So it's um, if you're a baseball nerd, I would I would recommend that book too. Yes. And have you found out, were you able to check whether uh, Gibby's book is available in audio? I don't see it here. Not on Audible. Okay. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, won't let me go into it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does. I think it is there. Yeah. Narrated by John Gibbons. Uh, on Audible? Yep. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No. Awesome. Awesome. I have, I have one audible credit here, so I actually got a free membership. So I, I might as well just uh, use that for that one. That yeah. one credit. Yeah. 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 It says here eight hours and, and 20 minutes. So you can listen to, to Gibby Gab on for, <laughs> for eight hours. Yes. Yeah. Now, how about where, where can people uh, find you online? Um, you know, Twitter is kind of the, the place where I, I send out most of my stuff. Um, over the years, I've, you know, I've had uh, like a Facebook page for my blog and I had a Tumblr at one point. And, you know, there's many people who are kind of splintering off into YouTube and TikTok and whatnot. But yeah, I'm usually, I'm on Twitter. And if I'm ever, if I ever write something for, for Daily Hive, I'm usually sending it out through my Twitter account. So that's usually the best place to find me. Um, my blog, uh, Blue Jay Hunter is still active, um, but I don't really write there anymore just because I am, whenever I am writing, it's, it's typically for Daily Hive now, but I have all my archives on, on my website. So if you ever want to see my reaction to a, a 2012 Blue Jays loss, you can go back and read it if you, re if you really feel like that's interesting, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's funny how kind of uh, the odd time I'll like go back and read stuff that I wrote about ten years ago, and it was just like, oh man, like one, it was so unpolished, and two, it was like, did I really? This was my take back then. And <laughs> it's, it's um, it's it's kind of fun to go back and see what old reactions were. So, but yeah, if if anyone ever wants to find me, I'm usually uh, on Twitter at Blue Jay Hunter. Blue Jay Hunter, and you can find me at uh http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com follow the all over the map uh facebook page by searching all over the map podcast on facebook uh follow me on twitter at atom podcast 819 and on instagram and threads at atom podcast 819 you can also email me at um atom podcast 819 at gmail.com and if you would like to be on the uh, on the e-blast list, um, please let me know that as well uh, uh, for everybody listening. And uh, Ian, I really want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It was uh, great to talk to you about all things baseball, Blue Jays and whatnot. It's always, I always, I always love talking with people about uh, getting other perspective. So uh, thank you very much for having me. Hey, it was my pleasure, and I look forward to having you uh, back in the future again.
Yeah, sure. I'd love to do it for sure. Yeah. And all over the map, we'll be back with you on Tuesday, July the 25th, when we will have Mike Hogan, uh, voice of the Argos, to talk about, to do a little deep dive with Mike. So stick around for that. And as we always remind everybody on the show here, as we close, that it is never goodbye. It is until next time. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to All Over the Map. If you have any questions or feedback, you can email me at atompodcast819 at gmail.com. That is A as in alpha, T as in the, O as in over, M as in map, podcast819 at gmail.com. You can also feel free to visit our website to learn more about upcoming episodes at https colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash podcast dash all dash over dash the dash map. Once again, that is https colon slash slash ali techgroup.wordpress.com slash podcast dash all dash over dash the dash map and it is not goodbye it is until next